This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, Pond Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio 1210, If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Live on a Saturday night in early time, 5 to 7 p.m. It's a very special edition of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Good evening, everyone, and welcome in to our election special, J. Doc. And we come on the air live here uh, in the Delaware Valley. Uh, we'll be here for the next two hours. We're We've got an action-packed lineup. We've got a great list of guests that we're going to talk about. And, of course, we're leading everybody in to the big Penn State football game tonight up in State College. Uh, the Nittany Lions host Ohio State. We'll deal with that uh, in hour number two. Hour number one, we get underway. We have breaking news, but before we do that, let me come to you uh, as we come on the air. Yeah, Joe, we had a great show tonight. I mean, it's our labor uh, show. It's our pre-election day special we have the who's who of of labor uh, you know on on the broadcast first hour we're bringing on uh, lisa Dealey, uh philadelphia city commission we got frank keel of keel communications uh pat eiding wendell young the fourth ed mooney Wayne Miller, and then, of course, in the second hour, we got Johnny Doc and Sam Pond. So we're loaded for bear, man. We are loaded tonight, loaded for a lot. Let's jump right into it. First, I want to bring Lisa Dealey, uh, Philadelphia City Commissioner, uh, into the uh, special edition, the election special of the Labor Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And then uh, we'll break from Lisa, uh, and I'll go to Frank Keel on the breaking news. But first, let's welcome Lisa Dealey uh, into the show. Lisa, a good Saturday. Saturday evening to you. Your nights are getting longer. Your uh, days are getting shorter uh, as you uh, find yourself now three days out from the election. We welcome you into the Labor Show. Thanks so much for having me, gentlemen. It's great to have you, Lisa. We know you're really busy, and so we'll get right to it. Um, you know, so much going on. Uh, w- let's get to the meat of it. What What can people expect uh, on Election Day regarding First off, their polling places. Uh, is it the normal polling places that they normally go to? So for Tuesday, uh, we are voting in our normal fashion. All 1,703 divisions are going to be stood up uh, independently. There's no consolidation. Um, and for the most part, voters will be voting in the same polling location that they voted in last November. Mm-hmm. And every voter should have gotten a postcard in the mail. Uh, letting them know where their polling place was. And if they are unsure or they just want to make a double check, they can go to PhiladelphiaVotes.com and they can find out where they're going to vote in person on Tuesday. Lisa, at this point on a Saturday night going into Sunday, at this point, mailing in the ballot is no longer 
a consideration. It's not something you should do. Is it at this point, should you now say to yourself that you are going to the polls uh, on Tuesday? If you have a mail-in ballot in your possession, you want to get it to one of our 17 satellite election offices or one of our uh, purpose-built drop boxes, or you can come out to the Lincoln Financial Field on Monday. We'll be out there from 9 a.m. till 5 o'clock, um, and Philadelphia voters can bring their mail-in ballots to the link on Monday and see Swoop and the cheerleaders and get us their ballot. Lisa, what do you expect in turnout-wise in relation to the to the uh, to the pre-balloting that's already taken place? Oh, I bet you we're going to see over three hundred thousand people vote in person, uh, or, or on election day. It's going to be it's going to be a busy election. It'll, it'll probably look uh, similar to what we saw in November of last year. Um, you know, people should be prepared. They should be dressed properly uh, because. Even if it's not a crowd, you you may have to wait in line because of the need to social distance. So dress appropriately and be kind to your election board staff. They're your neighbors, and they're working a long day. Lisa Daly with us, the Philadelphia City Commissioner, joining us. Lisa, I'm going to ask you to stay with us. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Stay right there. I want to bring in, uh, I I referenced at the top of the show when we came on out of the uh, show open, breaking news uh, coming into uh, the program, a press release just put out by the Philadelphia uh, Building Trades, Vote Today in PA Campaign. The author of that press release, Frank Keel, uh, is going to jump on the horn for us here for uh, a couple of minutes and just, uh, Frank, take the microphone, if you will, uh, and talk to us about your release. Uh, The Voter Express launches officially tomorrow. What does that mean? Well, that's correct, Joe. And uh, I'll start with Vote Today in PA has been going on for about a month now. It was John Doherty's idea, as most of these things are. And Michael Barnes of IATSE Local 8 is running it brilliantly. And basically, Vote Today in PA is our effort um, to get people to the polls early, uh, as they have been, as Lisa well knows. Um, And tomorrow, we're actually pivoting to uh, taking the whole thing mobile. We have uh, acquired seven trolleys, double-decker trolleys, that will be rolling out starting tomorrow at 10 a.m. from the Met on North Broad Street. And they will pick up anybody who needs to get to uh, either a drop-off for their ballot or on Tuesday to an actual polling place to cast their vote. Um, and this effort uh, is being bankrolled by the building trades with John Doherty's blessing. And uh, so far, this whole program has been doing a great job of alerting people Uh, to get their votes in early. We've had guest speakers like Councilman Bobby Heenan, State Senator Sharif Street, and others who have come and fired up the crowd. We're pumping out loud, uh, up-tempo music, offering voters cold water and soft pretzels to keep them engaged. And we're also partnering, Joe, with Live Nation uh, on this last leg of this journey uh, with the Voter Express and may very well be announcing some celebrity entertainers riding on these buses with the folks to the polling places. The Voter Express maiden voyage, as Frank mentioned, uh, mentioned, begins at the Met uh, on North Broad Street. Uh, It starts tomorrow, Frank, and then is that, is the Voter Express a consistent uh, run through the election? 
That is correct, Joe. It is free. It will run right through Tuesday, Election Day. And our primary focus is on the lower-income neighborhoods uh, on the North Broad Street corridor, because a lot of those folks don't have transportation, and sometimes it's difficult for them to make it to the polling places. So that's where the focus uh, of our uh, journey will be, for the most part. Frank, um, so it it, it starts um, from the Met at 858 North Broad Street, um, and and does it make any stops on the way, or does it just go straight to the location? And no, it makes stops along the way, Joe. And for all those folks who are interested or are listening, go to www.votetodayinpa.com. It has the entire list of where the trolleys will be stopping starting tomorrow and going right through Tuesday's Election Day. Frank Keel jumping in with us here on The Labor Show. Again, Vote Today in PA was the campaign. The pivot now, Voter Express, all begins tomorrow, November 1st at 10 a.m. Frank, I imagine you're going to be busy as well uh, over the next 72 hours. We appreciate you jumping on for just a moment here on The Labor Show with Jadok and Krause. Thank you, guys. Happy Halloween. All right, good hey, stuff. Yeah, 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 I don't know if that's good or bad. Good <laughs> stuff uh, from Frank Keel. Let's pivot. Uh, let's pivot as well, Jay Doc. Now back to uh, Lisa Dealey, Philadelphia uh, City Commissioner, joining us uh, to kick off a election special of the Labor Show on Talk Radio twelve ten uh, WPHT. Don't forget, coming up after our opening uh, break here uh, in hour number one, uh, Wendell Young and Pat Eiding uh, will be with us. Back with Lisa Dealey, we go. Uh, Lisa, what can you? tell us uh, about security staffing at uh, at the polling places is that a concern an issue or um, nothing to worry about for voters who are going to be going to the place uh, to the polling spots we need everybody to go out and vote on tuesday they should know that they have a right to vote freely and fairly and if anybody uh, has any issues there will be plenty of people on the street uh just keeping watch of the climate and the judge's elections um, is there to make sure that everything uh, is is going on that's supposed to be going on. And don't let anybody, uh, you know, stop you from going out and having your voice heard and your vote cast on Tuesday. It's the most important election of our lifetime, and everybody gets a, gets a vote. Uh, final question, Lisa. Counting the votes, the results, what, what do we expect in Philly? Everybody's anticipating... Um, that, it, you know, the election night is going to turn into the following day, the day after that, and the day after that. What, what do you think? You know, it is, it's going to take a couple of days. It's, not, it's definitely not going to be election night that Philadelphians are typically used to. Um, but we have, we've set up a, a mail house in the convention center that is going to enable us to get those envelopes, those envelopes opened and those ballots uh, prepared and scanned and counted just as quickly as possible. Um, you know, we will, we'll get we'll start to see results after the polls close on Tuesday, and we'll just keep going uh, 24 hours a day until the last ones are counted. Well, Lisa, um, I want to thank you and, and your team for the fantastic job, uh, along with the other city commissioners. We had Omar Sabir on a couple of weeks ago as well, and and want to thank you and and your team for everything you're doing. I know it's uh, been a crazy time, and uh, I know you're going to need a vacation after this, but keep up the good work. Thank you so much. And if you're out there, Philly, and you have a ballot, make sure you get it in. That's the most part, most important piece to it. You have to get us back that ballot. 
Lisa Daly, Philadelphia City Commissioner, joining us here on the Labor Show. Uh, one more time on the information that was provided by Frank Keel before we go to the break. The Voter Express uh, rolls out. It starts tomorrow, Sunday morning, November 1st at 10 a.m. Uh, seven trolleys, J-Doc, are uh, going to begin rolling from 10 a.m. tomorrow until uh, the end of Election Day. So a big effort being put forth by the building trades. We'll get to our first commercial break on the other side of the break. Pat Eiding, president of the Philadelphia Council of the AFL-CIO, Wendell Young IV, president UFCW 1776. They'll both join us after the break. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. Special edition of the Labor Show here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's our election special, J-Doc, and I should reference to uh, the listening audience. You know, we put a time out for the start of the Voter Express uh, beginning tomorrow morning, November 1st at 10 a.m. I should preface that by reminding listeners uh, that at 1 a.m., Tonight, after midnight, the clock rolls back an hour. Uh, that happens. I think it happens at 1 a.m. I'm not really sure. I'm in bed by then. But, but I do know when I wake up, I pick up an hour, and that's tomorrow. But again, the Voter Express, uh, November 1st, 10 a.m., and it begins rolling at the Met on North Broad Street. Yeah, a um, lot going on, Joe. Lot, so, so much happening. I'm, I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Pat Iding, who's president of Philadelphia Council. We have LCIO. And, of course, Wendell Young, the fourth president of UFCW. 1776 uh gentlemen welcome to the show number one and 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 number two let me start with pat pat what's on the line for labor uh this election and and what are our primary issues joe i think the the quick answer to that is everything i mean our right to collective bargaining uh protecting the rights that we work so hard to to protect uh osha is being drained by the minute uh, you know the the the, the labor board, is, the people he's appointing there, their whole goal, similar to what the right wing people of Pennsylvania are, to take away the right of working people. And and you know this facade about what he's doing for working people and the things he's lied about, people are still believing it. But what's online for us is this this is this is a war for for protecting the, the middle middle class people, the the people who work so hard in this country. Everything's on the line, quite honestly. And I. I know we say every year this is the most important election. Uh, as you know, I've been around a day or two, and this really is my most important election that I've seen for a long, long time. Pat, I wanted a quick follow-up before I get Wendell to jump in with a comment. You, you, you led me down the road where I was going to go in, in, in all of uh, in your incredible history uh, and your incredible involvement with the, uh, within the union community. Um, has it ever been... Or have you ever found yourself in a position similar uh, to where we are today, where things are right now? At times similar, Joe, but never the total the totality that we're into now. I mean, it, it's coming at us from so many directions because 
number one, who we have in the White House is so terrible. The truth doesn't ever get in his way. But prior to that, you know, we watched and, and probably watched casually in a, in a wrong way, state after state after state take take over our rights by uh, by pushing whether whether it's the uh, the, the way they've t- taken the territories away for voting. Uh, but at the end of the day, you see it with the governors that have got elected, these states that have, have turned around to uh, uh, who formerly Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. They were all working people states and they turned that around piece by piece. And we let them do that. And I think this is all coming to a point now. We have the ability to change all that. The, 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 the way that uh, we, this has come to us, I think, I think the, the thing that's got a hold of us right now, and it's not just the leadership. I think some, when we talk about the issues to some of the workers one-on-one, they see how scary this situation is for, for workers' rights and the, and the right to have a collective bargaining agreement. There's so much on the line that I could go down and down and down, but, uh, and I'm sure Wendell will add to that, but... Uh, yeah, this is this is something we can't stop working. Not only till Tuesday, the election day, we have to be ready to keep fighting after that. Uh, Wendell, if you would uh, elaborate and, and kind of piggyback off of what Pat said. Well, hey, first, thanks for inviting me tonight. Um, you know, I, I think back to the way you started the conversation with Pat about the discussion about the most important election of our lifetime. And it'll only take me about three or four hours to sum up my feelings on that. So if you bear <laughs> with me. The, We're good. We'll stay uh, open, so, Mike, man. <laughs> the, 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 we could go on for hours and hours and hours about all the things that are wrong with this president and, and his minions. And, and it's serious. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, selfishly go right to my own members. Most of our 35,000 members of Local 1776 are essential workers. And you don't need to look any further than just recent months and how this president this year has handled or mishandled the coronavirus uh, pandemic. Um, you know, we now know, thank, thank you, thank God for, um, you know, uh, uh, Woodward, that we have the recordings. We don't have to accuse the president. He admitted that he purposely misled uh, uh, misrepresented, outright lied to the American people. That caused that caused people to die. I, I heard Barack Obama speak today, um, and he talked about how Canada, our next door neighbor, if you look at proportion to population, how many people died in Canada uh, who got hit at the same time as us with the same virus, and, and the fact that they handled it differently. It wasn't politicized from the beginning. It wasn't politicized ever. They used common sense measures to mitigate the harm. And if we had done the same thing, our numbers compared to Canada, we would have lost about 90,000 people instead of 230,000. Think about that. It's 140,000 people that died needlessly. Right? This is, this is an atrocity. This guy should be, if, 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 this guy should be, should be tried for this. I mean, he, sh- he should be held responsible for this. Now, my members are essential workers. Almost all of them are essential workers. They, they had to work all the way through this. They had to face customers in retail stores, work shoulder to shoulder in slaughterhouses and food processing facilities, and take care of residents in nursing homes, one of the hardest hit uh, uh, places to, to work throughout this, and, and more, more places. I can go on and on. And, and they were put in more harm's way because of this president. We've lost some. We've lost too many. We've had many people sick, and we're going to have many more sick in, in the months to come. And the result of this on our economy, and the, 
the amount of businesses that are going to be lost, the restaurants, the, the shop owners, you know, big and small. Um, you know, it's not just those businesses that fail. It's all the families that depend on those jobs. And our economy's never been worse since the Great Depression. This guy brought this on. He tries to spin it off on China. He tries to blame the doctors and scientists. But it's him. He's the one that's responsible. Now, you know, my grandmother, like a lot of our grandmothers, used to always say, God works in mysterious ways. And, you know, the president himself was stricken with this. And I know there were some people out there who thought, oh, hopefully, you know, maybe he'll succumb to it, right? God, you know, that's a terrible thing to say. Not me. Not me. I was hoping that he got over it fast, that he lives. And when he loses this election, he can stand trial for his tax evasion, for his self-dealing as president, profiting him and his family and his businesses, and for all the other horrible things he's done so that he can spend the rest of his life in jail, hopefully. Wendell, um, let me get I, I, let me, go ahead, finish up there. No, so uh, like I, I am, I'm really angry about um, you know what's happened to this country. I'm angry what's happened to our members and their families. Um, I, I am convinced that if people vote, and that's what this call should, this, this discussion should really be about, is getting everybody out to vote. I was glad to hear about the the express, the transportation. Um, we have the votes, but what bothers me is how many Americans still support this president. And it's, it really bothers me because I don't buy a lot of their excuses. I think it comes down to greed and racism. And unfortunately, I think a lot of it is racism. They camouflage it with, oh, well, my 401k is in great shape. Bullshit. It was in better shape under Clinton and Obama. And so I, 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 I you know, I, I hope that the majority of Americans, you know, we live in a 51%, you know, a uh, majority rule world, uh, don't take this lightly. They come out and vote because the majority of Americans want to replace this guy. And we have the votes. We can't make the same mistakes as before and assume someone else is going to vote. It'll be okay. We all got to vote. And we can get rid of this guy and, and put him in our dust. And, Pat, let me, let me, let me ask you um, in regards to the workforce and, and our, in our workforce here in Philadelphia. So many industries have been impacted. You know, I was talking just a little while ago to John Doherty about what's happened to uh, you know, Mike Barnes' industry. Um, it, it, it's been a devastating uh, loss. Um, this election, uh, you know, as this pandemic continues, um, a lot of our workforce um, is on the line as well. And the way this thing needs to be handled. Um, what are your thoughts there and how hard has it well, been to deal with that? Joe, I have to I have to tag on on the window a little bit, because if I'm not mistaken, I heard today that more people are coming down with the virus in this country in one day than China has since march more people in one day in this country and this is a president says we're all over it we're on we're on the precipice now we're going to be we're all past this and and he wants to blame it on china in one day we get more than china has since this thing started in march now now folks have folks listen to that alone can find that and, and, and join in with wendell and the anger that we, we must have i mean how can we not have anger and, and as when as uh, 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 Wayne Miller said today in, in the event that we had, you know, he quit on this country. He quit on this country and just let it go. And and he did that by just caring about himself. Folks of us who know, who know Donald Trump, who, who felt his grief, his his, his greed and, and what have you in Atlantic City when workers lost their pension money and health and welfare money, 
when he would do his bankrupt uh, game, which is, uh, as I said today, he was born with millions of dollars in his hands, and he spent that money hurting other people, and that's what he's done with his money. But as far as the workforce in Philadelphia, the concern, Joe, is we, we've tr- so many times we think we are turning a corner. You know, Mike Barnes, to his credit, doing a great job with the, with the, with the trolleys and what we're doing with this thing, and we'll all join in with it. But he has lost 100% of his work, 100%. And most of the people in entertainment industry, that's where they are. They've dragged together an hour or two here, and, you know, we've tried to get some of their people working. I know, you know, when Wendell had put the call out to get some folks working at the, at the food stores and all. But this, this is how devastating. When you look at the hotel workers, you look at the people who do the maintenance in the buildings. If folks are working from home and they find they can work from home, those buildings start closed down. Some of those people are never going to get a job again. The sad part about it is, folks, you know, the, the clowns in Washington want to point fingers at people who want to stay on this unemployment because they got that $600 kick, whatever. Most of those people who are staying on unemployment because they think they're going to get called back to work. And every day and every week, they're waiting for that thing to turn around to get called. They're not going to have those jobs. You know, the construction industry right now, because it picked up where it left off, it's working good. Uh, I, I have to tell, give John Dockerty and, and the leaders there the way they handled the safety aspect of it. Uh, we came away in this city with a lot of people working in construction, not getting as sick as they did in New York and North Jersey, because the labor people took hold of that. Not not anybody else but the labor people. So, I mean, there's there, there's been a whole lot done that folks don't even know, just trying to sustain who we are and what we do. And that means trying to help other people who don't have the benefit of, of being, uh, you know, represented by a union. But, you know, some of these jobs, Joe and Joe, are not coming back. They're not coming back. And then as, as, as some of the businesses start to think about how great this is working from home, a lot of the little people are not going to have jobs to go back to. And, and so we're, we're seeing the health part of it now and how terrible it is. And as Wendell said, small businesses and, and folks that are hurting, as it turned out, uh, my wife and I stopped at a place in the county today to grab a bite to eat at lunch. And it was, uh, you know, there was Fox happened to show up because Trump was in the county. And he, they showed up and they were interviewing and, and, you know, it was awful hard, you know, two things. I didn't want, I guess I didn't want anybody spitting in my, my sandwich. And then I didn't want to have to fight my way out of the place because mm-hmm. I could, I could sense I was in Trump land, but, and I had my Biden button on, by the way. So, so, but hearing a conversation about, you know, how, how he's trying to help these businesses, they don't get it. If, if he would have done something at the beginning, those businesses would be back in business. Yeah. So a lot of work and people are hurting from this, and they're going to be hurting more. It's our election special here on the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause. We're talking with Pat Eiding, president of the Philadelphia Council of Af- uh, the AFL-CIO, Wendell Young IV, president of the UFCW 1776. Uh, Glenn, I want to let you know back in the studio we're going to push the break, uh, and I'm going to stay with Pat and Wendell, um, and then I'll lead you into uh, the uh, commercial break. Um, Wendell, let me transition out of that conversation and come to you and ask you, um, uh, pick up off of what Pat Eiding just said and, and, and follow up uh, on how you think people are reacting in the state of Pennsylvania. The president is on a uh, vicious tour uh, of the state. He's making four, doing four rallies today. He did three less than a week ago. Um, and if you watch the rallies, you could easily think that the momentum 
is on the side of the president. Do you tell me what your perspective is uh, from the other side? That's nonsense, because anybody that looks carefully at these rallies, first of all, they don't have 25,000 people there, like Trump says. Um, The way they stage these rallies with risers and packing people in tight and keeping the camera range tight makes it look like there's more people than there is. But the bigger problem isn't size of crowd. I mean, this guy's had a crowd size problem since day one. He still complains after four years, almost four years, about about how he claims his inauguration crowd was bigger than Obama's. He has a size issue about everything. So he's trying to, I mean, think about it. The only, guy, the only thing the guy's got in his closing days of this campaign is to talk about rally sizes. But think about what that really means. Yeah. You know, Pat talked about his careless, callous um, um, look towards workers when he was working in Atlantic City, building casinos and hotels. And he didn't wait for bankruptcy. He stopped paying contractors. He stopped paying for the hours banks, the health and pension contributions. Uh, bankruptcy was just the final nail in the coffin of those people ever seeing their money. He put contractors out of business. He put workers out of business. He's no different now, except now the stakes are bigger. It's people's lives he's playing with. Every one of these rallies he has, whether it's in Pennsylvania across the country, is a spreader event. We now know that. The scientists have traced some of it and showed how, how where these rallies have happened, there's an 82% increase in virus in the county in which it happened in the three weeks that follows. And a certain percentage of everybody that gets coronavirus dies. So when I see rallies, I don't look at it as, oh, it looks like he's winning. I see there's going to be more dead people, and this president is responsible for it. He cares more about his ego and crowd size than he does about his own voters who he's drawing out to come and support him and then exposing them to a deadly virus that's killed millions of people across and ironically this, this, uh, speaking, this world. Ironically speaking, Pat Oding is made a good point on on um, on how our labor leadership, and that includes uh, you know all of our labor leaders. We've had this conversation with Wendell, uh, but you mentioned John Doherty and and and, and yourself, Pat, and, and all the building trades uh, unions in, in the construction industry, um, and Wendell and all the other unions and all the, uh, across the the state have been leaders in uh, saving lives. I find that to be the greatest irony. So, so Joe, that- you're absolutely right, but it not only saves their lives, it keeps them working, gets them back to work faster. It's good for our economy. It's good for our health. It's good for our families and our communities and neighborhoods. What's the president doing? The opposite. Instead of following common sense, proven protocols and, and campaigning responsibly, he's doing the exact opposite. He's tearing the mask off. He's putting people, packing people into these events He's caused more people to get sick, more people to die. And here's how I think it plays in Pennsylvania and across the country. Look at the numbers. I know polls don't vote. People do, which is why we want them to come out, make sure they vote. But look at where he continues to lose support. The more he holds these rallies, the more people recognize the contrast between a responsible Biden-Harris ticket who are looking out for people's interests, going to take care of them, going to take this virus on, get our country back to good health and good economy, versus the reckless guy, Trump, who doesn't four, care about uh, people's lives and are putting them at risk. Four minutes so left I, in the, uh, four minutes left in the segment, Pat. I want to come to you and get uh, cover two things. I want to talk about uh, the endorsed candidates nationally, locally, and then somehow I want to get from you um, before I let uh, uh, let you exit out a message to 
uh, out to the commun- uh, the union community tonight, or, or and or anybody else that's listening. This is not you're not just preaching to the choir here on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. You're preaching to a big audience that listens to this radio station uh, from around the Delaware Valley. So I know it's a double part of question, but I want to come to you, and then we'll finish up. Uh, we'll finish up with Wendell. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't touch on you know how how. Trump is, is so uh, ignorant and all he thinks about is size and, and crowds and things. That's why we kind of refer to him as the little tweeter. But aside from that, uh, we have uh, we, we, we have an opportunity here. I, I want to look on the, on the positive side because we have an opportunity here in Philadelphia. And I hope every union brother and sister that's listening here, and if they're not in the union and would like to be in the union, we'd certainly like to help them. But here's the point. If we pull the votes in Philadelphia, and I know Wendell touched on this, we can change not only Pennsylvania, but the country, because Pennsylvania is such a big key, and Philadelphia is such a big key to the numbers. We have the registered Democrats in Philadelphia enough, if they come out and vote, to turn this thing around to a big side, a landslide kind of thing, that we won't have to worry about the Supreme Court that he just uh, built up and what have you. We got to get out and vote. So you got to take thoughts for a minute of all the things that were just said and have been said. The guy's a liar. The guy, the, him, and will touch on the folks in the state of Pennsylvania. If we don't do something to change the House and the Senate in Pennsylvania, they have constantly, time after time, put legislation on the table to do away with our right to have a collective bargaining agreement. And as I said to one of the members who called me the other day and want to know why we're not supporting Trump. I asked him, are you on a pension? He said, yes. I said, well, let me tell you something, brother. You better hold on to it, because if this guy gets reelected, you're going to lose Social Security. And that pension's about all you're going to have. And that might go by the time he's done. So think about what you're talking when you ask me that question. So the state is so so important down the line, right on down the line. And, you know, certainly the, the United States Senate obviously has to be changed or else, you know, people talk about Obama, what he did and what he didn't do. His last few six years was was with uh, the, the Republican House and Republican Senate. His hands right. were tied. He had to do he had to do things on by with the pencil. But but I want to make this message clear: if we get out to vote, you talk to your brothers, sisters, your mother, your father, your aunts and uncles, get them out to vote because it doesn't matter what we say about who's good and who's bad. If the people in Philadelphia, the numbers that we have, vote, we win the state, and if we win the state, we get the White House back. And working people have a chance in this country to have health care, keep their pension, hopefully have Social Security, and more than anything, have a job. Pat Hiding, Philadelphia Council, AFL-CIO President, joining us. Wendell Young, the fourth, President, UFCW 1776. Wendell, uh, I'm going to give you quickly uh, an opportunity to put your get-out-the-vote message as well. Pat Iding, thank you so much uh, for jumping into our election special. Uh, Wendell, I'll come to you uh, before we get to the break. We have a president who's proven over and over again he doesn't care about people who work for a living, doesn't care about the poor, the middle class, or even the upper middle class. He only cares about the billionaire class that he's part of, and we have an opportunity to change that. We have a guy in Joe Biden and a a wonderful woman in Kamala Harris who both have proven track records of putting people first. And people who who, who, uh, uh, are registered to vote, have all the power in this dynamic. The Trump family don't ha- does not have the power. The funders, financiers, the Koch brothers, they don't have the power. 
The voters have the power. we got to use that on Tuesday. Uh, according to every poll out there, by a long shot, people want to get rid of this guy and put a, a good, solid team in. They have the power to do it. And no matter what the weather's like on Tuesday, no matter what else you have to do Tuesday, get out and vote for yourself. Vote for your family. Vote for your kids, your grandchildren. And let's set this country on the right course. Wendell Young IV, President, UFCW 1776, joining us, JDoc, for our election special here on a Saturday night on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Wendell, thank you, sir, for coming on, and thanks for the extended time. I appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Good luck. Be safe. All right. Good stuff from Wendell Young. Good stuff from Pat Eiding. We'll get to a commercial break, Jay doc We're moving along here in hour number one. On the other side of the break, Ed Mooney uh, will be along, we'll, uh, International Vice President, District 2-13 of the CWA. Also, Wayne Miller will follow Ed, uh, Business Manager, Sprinkler Fitters Local 692. That and a lot more. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on a Saturday night, it's a election special of the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, our number one rolling along, Doc. We are here till 7 o'clock and leading the audience right into Penn State football as uh, Penn State hosts Ohio State. We'll talk a little bit more uh, about that game in the second hour. It's all election. Uh, and a quick reminder uh, to the listening audience, we announced it at the top of the show, the Voter Express begins tomorrow, November 1st at 10 a.m. It's a building trades initiative. It begins at the Met tomorrow, starts at 10 a.m., and that seven trolleys, J-Doc, are going to roll uh, nonstop from 10 a.m. tomorrow right through uh, the election night, the end of the election. Absolutely, Joe. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic to bring into the program Ed Mooney, International Vice President of District 2-13 of the CWA. Ed, how are you, sir? Good, Doc. How you doing? How you doing, Krause? All nice good, bro. No, good, brother. Thanks for jumping on for a minute, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, we know you're busy and you guys are working around the clock, uh, which is why I'm going to ask you, what does the CWA have planned on Election Day? So, you know, we've been working at this now for months, and uh, actually based on the shenanigans that uh, we're anticipating, we have instructed our members we're going to be working past Election Day to make sure that every vote is counted uh, that was cast in this election. Uh, you know, we've, we're calling our members, we're going door knocking, we're working with the Central Labor Council's program across the state of Pennsylvania and for me, uh, the other states that I'm responsible for. But, you know, right now our focus is the state of Pennsylvania. Uh, unfortunately, Pennsylvania wears the stain of having delivered this president to the White House, in my opinion. It is a stain. Um, we didn't, we may not have gone and gotten every vote uh, in 2016, and as a labor movement, we have suffered for that. Uh, consistently for the last four years under this administration. We have a labor board now that was appointed by this president that has done nothing but overturn precedent after president, precedent, 50, 60-year precedents under the National Labor Relations Act to make it more difficult for workers to get any kind of justice on the job. So we have uh, passed this information on to our members, and right now our focus is to make sure we deliver Pennsylvania for the Biden-Harris ticket and all the down-ballot races 
uh, for the candidates that the AFL-CIO and the state has endorsed. You know, we can't, as working people, any longer pick these middle-of-the-road um, decisions or stay neutral in these things. This administration here has done things. They talk about things they've done for working people. Go back to that tax cut that they passed. Remember what they did to working people. As a working person, they eliminated our union deductions uh, for being able to deduct them on our taxes. They took home equity loans, and so we can no longer deduct that on our taxes. Who needs issues like that? Wealthy people don't need home equity loans. They have cash to pay for that stuff. Working people use those things. Working people have been harmed over the last four years by this administration. The words that come out of this president's mouth say he supports working people, but his action says he opposes working people at every turn, and especially unionized working people. Look no further than the Postal Service. These ladies and gentlemen have been idolized over the years for working through rain, sleet, snow, any type of weather. And this administration has drugged each and every one of those union members through the mud over the, the term of his administration, whether he's trying to eliminate their jobs, whether he's trying to privatize their jobs, or now he's trying to degrade them and demean them by claiming that they won't do the work that is necessary to deliver ballots that are cast by citizens in this election. If you are a union worker or a working person in this nation, in the state of Pennsylvania, and you can stand up and say you support him based on what he's done to the rest of the workers in this country, then clearly you don't subscribe to the theory that an injury to one is an injury to all. So we're doing everything we can to communicate to not only every CWA member, but we've been joining the phone banks with the state AFL-CIO to communicate with every member in every labor union in this Commonwealth who endorsed and supports Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to make sure we turn them out, whether it was through a mail vote or turning them out on Election Day, to make sure this time we put Pennsylvania into the column for Biden-Harris and deliver Joe Biden to the White House and end this insanity that we've had for the last four years. Ed Nooney with us. Ed, 60 seconds until I let you go. And again, appreciate you jumping on here on a Saturday night. Uh, explain <laughs> Most people don't to, keep this long, so thanks. <laughs> now, now, uh, tell me about the other side of the state. Uh, that's where there's some concern. The Achilles heel in the state of Pennsylvania is the western part uh, of the state. From your perspective, talk with us about that. You know, I'll tell you what, the labor leaders in the western part of the state, I think, are doing a fantastic job in explaining to their members not to fall for what we fell for in 2016. It wasn't just the West. This is the entire Commonwealth of Pennsylvania let us down the last time. Okay, so, you know, they have issues where they want to talk about um, fracking jobs and other things, and those leaders have stood up and correctly identified for their workers that under a Biden administration, not only isn't that work going to go away, but we're going to expand the amount of work that the building trades and others do because under a Biden administration, we're actually going to get a transportation bill passed, an infrastructure bill passed. For us in the CWA and our brothers in the IBW, we're going to get broadband deployment throughout the Commonwealth. All these things that this administration has talked about for four years and blown smoke up people's you-know-what, but delivered nothing but tax breaks to the wealthiest in the nation. He touts the stock market as if he's done such a bang-up job. From Ronald Reagan to today, Donald Trump comes in last in terms of the performance of the stock market versus those other administrations. But he would have you think he has saved the world. Right? Ed, let me so, ask you a question. You know, Western PA, those members there are doing everything they can do. And remember, they're, they're on the cusp. We're going to keep Connor Lamb. We're going to keep those other um, Democrats in Congress to make sure we have a House majority for 
the Biden-Harris administration to work with, as well as trying to deliver to Senate, um, which obviously is from other states. But um, so, you know, this isn't just an eastern-western issue. This is a, a voter in Pennsylvania issue. East, west, north and south, every worker, every union member has to understand what's at stake for us. If you vote on your dinner table bread and butter issues, then there's only one candidate for you, and that's Joe Biden. And and, and, and that's part of the, what, what I'm talking about. I, I, you, you see them long lines. In my neighborhood, you see lines around the corner for people dropping yep. off the mail-in ballots. Do you see an urgency this time that we didn't see last time? I, absolutely, I think we do. I think we see not only an urgency, but a recognition that either give, you know, if you made a mistake and voted for this administration, okay, you make, everybody makes mistakes. Don't, don't compound the mistake by doing it again. And if you didn't show up to vote, I think people are realizing now it's a must, we must do it. Look at the situation we're in here as a nation, where we have a person who's supposed to lead this nation who thrives on dividing us, mm-hmm. right? The son of this man just stood up yesterday and claimed that the coronavirus is under control. A day where 1,000 Americans died from this virus. I personally, in the CWA, we lost a member to the coronavirus back in uh, last April, right? This is serious. He was working on the job, working, contracted coronavirus, we believe, and died. And these people can say they support working people all of our frontline workers who go out every single day to do their jobs for the rest of us. You just heard Wendell said, whose members are out there every day, making sure that we can get the grocery stores and get the food we need for our families, right? You cannot trivialize that. You cannot mock that and make fun of that. These are American lives, right? And, re- and don't forget, he, dis- he denigrated our prisoners of war when he mocked John McCain. Right. So all the things that this person claims to stand for, he contradicts it every single day with his actions. Right. This to, to be a leader in this nation, it takes actions, not words. And his actions say he cares about no one but himself and his elitist friends, period. Right. By the way, I told you we're not allowed to write off union dues on our taxes anymore. You're aware that people who are members of his country clubs are still allowed to write off those fees on their taxes as a business expense, right? If you're a working man or woman in this country and you believe that that's your candidate, that he supports working people, you're making a fatal mistake. Ed Mooney, International Vice President, District 2-13 of the CWA, joining us on the election special tonight live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Ed, appreciate the passion. Appreciate uh, you jumping on the show, sir. Thank you much. No Thank, you, Ed. Thank you guys for having me, and thanks for what you're doing. Be safe. You right. got it. Good stuff from Ed Mooney. Right. We're going to transition Bye. right out of Ed Mooney, right uh, over to Wayne Miller, business manager, Sprinkler Fitters, Local 692. We're rapid fire, uh, J. Doc. Wayne, also president of the Philadelphia Building Trades. Uh, Wayne, welcome in uh, to the show. I don't want to take a lot of time in introductions, man. You're well known around the union community. I want to jump right in and give you an opportunity. Uh, election day, three days out, Sprinkler Fitters, Local 692. You've been door knocking. They've been gathering Saturday morning. Mornings uh, at the hall. Uh, you pick it up from mm-hmm. there, sir. Yes, uh, we've been doing this for months. Uh, the thing is, we had the at our union hall. We had the LA Times down uh, last week, and they said to me, "Why is the Philadelphia Building Trade so powerful?" Okay, and first thing that come to mind, everybody they'd say to pack funds and things like that. It's our membership. Our membership get out day in and day out, do their work. 
then when we need them for political duty to go hang door knockers, do anything else, phone banks and everything, they're the first to step up. That's what makes us powerful. It's our membership. It ain't me as a leader or Doc as a leader. It's our membership. And that's, they do a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, I can't thank all of them enough. Wayne. And as, go ahead, Joe. Now, talk to us about um, uh, Election Day. What plans, um, do, you know, does, uh, first of all, let's talk about uh, your, your local. What, what, minutes, what, what plans does six, not Local 692 have? Okay, as all, every Election Day, uh, we have different areas in Philadelphia that, that, that are taken care of. In the Northeast, uh, most of the unions, all the other unions come to Local 692, and we run out of there. Uh, it's the electricians, it's the sprinkler fitters, it's the, the painters, and we all get together and we all uh, work together to get our people out on the street. We work the polls, we do door knockers, we do a lot of things unique than any other, any, anybody else. We go out early in the morning, we put our door knockers on, and then we go back around 2 o'clock to the same homes, and if, if the door knockers are off, we knock to make sure that the people got out and vote, uh, voted. Uh, we do a lot, of, a lot of things like that. And uh, what we do is that we feed our members breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So when people come in, they have food, they go out. There's no stopping. They go get something to eat. We have everything there for all the different locals. And, uh, you know, we've been doing that for the last uh, 15 years. And it works well. Uh, and we produce when we go out and get things done. Our people are polite. Our people are well-trained how to go, to, go up and speak to people uh, when they're working the polls when they're uh, do, putting on door knockers, and we, they do a fantastic job. That's what 692 does. All my L- apprentices will be there, and uh, my journeymen will be there. They come in different shifts. They come in the morning. Some guys work a half a day. Some of the guys work a whole day. Uh, but there's uh, a, a large amount of people that come uh, and work on uh, the polls on Election Day. Wayne Miller joining us here. Wayne, trade. I told you it was rapid fire tonight as part yes, of the yes. uh, as part of our yes. election special. Uh, appreciate you mm-hmm. jumping on, and uh, we're going to continue uh, to spread the word on the Voter uh, Express. Uh, we had that story okay. top of the hour when we kicked off. Great initiative uh, by the Building Trades, pivoting into what will be the final three days leading up uh, through Tuesday. Wayne, appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you and uh, everybody. Do have, be, have a safe uh, couple days and get out and vote. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Good stuff right. from Wayne Miller to finish up All hour right. number one. Man, I got to take a break, J Doc. That was a, a good, fast, fast and furious conversation. Uh, prior to Wayne Miller, Ed Mooney, International Vice President, District Two Thirteen of the CWA, and then of course Pat Eiding and Wendell Young the Fourth. Um, and we kicked it off uh, with Lisa Dealey with updated voter information, and then of course Frank Keel joined us uh, to talk about the Voter Express as we get into the end of the first hour. Uh, The Voter Express begins tomorrow, November 1st, uh, at 10 a.m. at the Met on North Broad Street. Seven trolleys uh, will run continuously, J-Doc, from now, or from tomorrow, rather, uh, through election night. We'll get to a a break. We'll finish up our number one. On the other side, Sam Pond, John Doherty, back in a moment. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, 
Lake Pond, Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hour number two of the Labor Show, special edition, live edition on this Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, along with J. Doc M. Joe Krause. Hour number one uh, in the books. We're on early tonight, leading the listening audience from around the Delaware Valley into Penn State football. You'll hear all of the action uh, coming up with the pregame show getting started uh, at 7 o'clock. J. Doc, we normally start at 6. Today we started at 5. Our 5 to 6 segment, uh, I'm out of breath brother yeah, i mean man. a good opening segment with a great lineup but we set the table uh for going into no- for our number two uh it's our election special uh tonight so if you listen to our lead-in it says uh the delaware valley's most influential leaders there will be no segment or show that expresses that more than the one coming up uh we have uh, sam pond who is the most influential workers compensation attorney not only in the delaware valley but throughout the country and of course we have john doherty who's the most influential labor leader at not only in the Delaware Valley, but in my mind throughout the country. Gentlemen, uh, welcome to the broadcast. Great show tonight. Wow. That anybody who's been listening has to understand how articulate the people in the labor movement are. Eddie Moody was just fabulous. I mean, you know, you, he sounded like a Senate candidate. And the question on Wednesday should be, why not an Eddie Moody for Senate? Or why not a Michael Barnes? Well, why not Orion Boyer? Because these people know these issues, you know, and you heard one issue in the uh, conversation tonight is the union dues checkoff. You know, the one part that people don't understand is when that got down to the final, you know, work product, that was a bipartisan throwaway. Both people, because I lobbied that hard, because that's something that our guys and girls relate to. You know, every tax season, when they look and they say, okay, they're accustomed to taking off their union dues, now all of a sudden they can't. You know, we lobbied hard, and we actually had both Democrat and Republican tell us, hey, we'll try to do something with that later. So why not Ryan Boyer? Why not Ed Mooney? Why not Michael Barnes? Well something said, we should John. talk about Wednesday and Thursday next week. Absolutely. And having said that, well, you know um, what, you know what, Joe, Joe, you know what, and I'm going to echo what John just said. You know, it sounds like a great lineup to Barnes, Boyer, Mooney, uh, be a hell of a primary. Um, maybe not even a primary. Maybe there's both sides of the aisle. But we have talked about constantly, especially in the Philadelphia region, but it's also nationally. Um, the labor, the labor leaders in our region whether it's John Dock or, or whether it's Wayne Miller, or whether it's Barnes or whether it's Boyer, or whether it's Moody, um, these guys can run Fortune 500 companies. Um, not, they do run Fortune 500 companies. They run large organizations that have a lot of members. Uh, they're very engaged. They're great leaders. They understand the balance between labor and industry and, and the capital markets and contribute to 
leadership and ideas and creativity uh, to make our society better. But it would really be great to have one of those in the U.S. Senate to understand the significance of jobs. And really, you know, this election and, and all elections are really about jobs. And you hear John Dockery talk about it. You hear other labor leaders talk about it. You hear a lot of people talk about it, but they don't talk about it enough. You know, in our, in our practice, the difference between someone coming into our office that has a collective bargaining agreement and someone that does it. You can talk about the Amazons of the world paying, you know, their minimum wage is $15 an hour. Really? All right, that's $30,000 a year. There's no benefits. There's no grievance process. There's no future. There's no annuity. There's no pension. And when we talk about jobs, we talk about the significance of our society, about our families, about our neighborhoods, about our towns, about our states, the vibrance of people having jobs that have hope, that has a, a pension, that has a medical plan funded by labor and industry together to understand to strike the balance. It would be a great idea. It would be great to have someone like the names mentioned, the labor leaders, to be part of the U.S. Senate. And again, this election is going to be about a lot of things. But let's not forget about jobs and good jobs. John Dockery? A lot of what, wait, let me just finish. A lot of what we have, a lot of problems we have, and we all know this, a lot of the problems that we have really come back about not having jobs but not having good-paying jobs. Johnny Doc? Yeah, that's an easy one. I mean, jobs and benefits, you know, create communities and do away with poverty. And it's, and it's a big issue, and it's something that we're pretty good at. You know, again, and that's just what this election is about. This election is about creating an, an equal footing so that we can create more jobs. And there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things on the table on Tuesday. You know, and I think that, uh, you know, this, the, the conversation so far has been so good. I mean, there's nobody that's been on that call that hasn't done a great job. You know, Frank Shields has done a great job, and, you know, tongue-in-cheek, you know, he loves Halloween and he loves Notre Dame. So you got him right in the heart of Halloween and Notre Dame football. So Frank did a great job explaining what was going on. You know, Pat Oiting has had his hands full for years, okay, juggling different unions. He probably has, has this has been a renaissance for him, having the unions all on the same page, okay, because he spends most of his time juggling the differences. Okay, and when you look at what Michael Barnes has done, and Michael's a close ally, and everyone knows I'm a close personal friend of Michael. He has done a tremendous job. He went from being one entity in the city of Philadelphia that could hire any kid from any neighborhood almost on impact. His business was booming. So like a few people have said, he is absolutely devastated that COVID has destroyed the hospitality industry. So this guy has not, you know, sitting there licking his wounds. He has stepped up and has been out literally 724s for months about this election, okay, because he just can't table stimulus bills. He can't, he can't tolerate that. So Michael Barnes, he's done a fabulous job. Wendell, I, I, Wendell, I tell you what, if, if there's any uh, question he's turning into his dad, all you have to do is listen to that conversation he had today, man. I'm sitting here thinking and saying, oh, my God, he's getting as wild as his dad was down the stretch. But his dad was a legend and one of my mentors and a great guy and a great family. But if you just continue to look at them, guys, Wayne Miller, Wayne doesn't have to be, Wayne's at the top of his career, okay? Wayne has been assigned by the UA to handle basically the Commonwealth. 
Why? Because he delivers. He's good at what he does. But I've never seen him this personal. You know, I mean, you know, I wasn't there today. A ton of our people were there. We split the city and the counties up pretty good, and I was at the south end of the city. But they had a lot of, they had, you know, uh, Senator Combs, and they had all kind of, you know, Congressman Boyle, you know, who's, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, as you all know that. Uh, they said that Wayne was amazing again because he speaks from his heart. He's doing a fabulous job of juggling. You know, there isn't going to be one thing needed in that region to get out the vote that Wayne doesn't already have. Now, we started this a long time ago, and I think people are starting to realize, you know, and I've been beat up over the years because of it. I was saying even if we lose, we have to be in play every day. And one of the items that we needed to do was create money. And we had to generate because we had to give our guys the same tools that all the rich people had, all the companies had. And that, I've said it, and I'm quoted a hundred times with that. And I am so happy that there are people out there. I had a great conversation with the, with the who runs the national, you know, uh, here organization. He's a great leader. He has people on the ground, but again, he's beat up. So we were able to partner up. We were able to supply a little economy because we had expendable economy. Okay. To make sure that his people had the opportunity to go out and work, you know, for all of us. So each union has taken its role. Some people have money. Some people have people. Some people have complexion and some people have a lot of other things that in a specific area are more important than not. So the labor movement has done a fabulous job at putting this together. And again, there's a lot of people who, you know, are part of this. And, and I got numbers in front of me. I can give you, you know, I was talking to our good friend, Sean McGarvey, who's a Philadelphian who runs the National Building Trades. And they have, they have an op, a polling uh, system down there. It's called Take Back Control. You know, and a few weeks ago, the numbers were really, really, I mean, a little too one-to-one-ish you know, in, in our world, okay? And lately, you know, and in the last few weeks, they concentrated on Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin. Now, they're in a lot of rural persuasion, and they're starting to open up, you know. But the latest numbers we have, okay, in them three you know, swing states are 50-44, 50-45, 50-44. Still too close for comfort for most. Okay, but a little bit different than they were. Now, look, if you turn on CNN, you know you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a big Democratic number. If you turn on Fox, you're going to get somebody arguing against CNN. You know, I concentrate not only on polling, but trending. You know, trends don't lie. Okay, so the object, and, and the president's team knows that. That's why he's out there creating this perception, you know, that everywhere he goes, there's millions of people and that the world's changing. You know, COVID is the number one issue. It's not even close. John, having, ha having said that, um, we've been uh, leaders here in the Delaware Valley. And Sam, you, you have also taken the, uh, the, the, the leadership uh, in, in, in the legal community in that particular area. And like John said, the, um, obviously polling and, and the number one issue is COVID. You have your law firm mobilizing as well on election day uh and you've been also out there with, with, with your team um you know getting out the vote talk about that well i mean we we early on had when i say early on you know probably 
early in the summer, we, we were talking about November 3rd and, you know, what we should be doing as an organization uh, in light of uh, the ability that we could deliver something to, to at least on a, on a small scale that would help uh, at least volunteer and, and send a message and maybe that would catch on. So we had told all of our, our employees, we have to have a certain skeleton crew and, you know, the courts aren't going to shut down. Comp courts have continued to, to operate and so security courts and other, some other courts that we practice in. Um, so we do need to have professionals available if our clients' cases come up at that time. But uh, we advised all of our employees that they would have, we, we really look at, at Pondley Hockey in Giordano, we really looked at, at you know, the, this kind of day, November 3rd, is as a day of uh, a national day of uh, participation. Um, you know, the right to vote is at the very heart of our democracy, uh, protected by our Constitution. It's a civic engagement. It's something that we can't take for granted. You know, I, I, I you know, in growing up as we did, all of us on this call, um, that was something that was sacred. And if you didn't participate, uh, you know, your your family and your friends were, you know, saying, "Well, why aren't you going out to the polls? Why aren't you doing something? Why aren't you Why aren't you at least casting your vote?" Uh, so we wanted to send some sort of example, whatever that was, that Pondley Hockey could do. And uh, all, all of our employees will have um, a paid day. Uh, they'll get paid for that day to volunteer at the polls. Um, and uh, that's, not a big, that's not a big sacrifice as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's, a, it's not even a sacrifice. And we've asked other law firms, other large law firms in, in Pennsylvania, uh, to do the same. Uh, the bigger law firms haven't followed our example, but uh, the trial lawyer bar has followed our example, client inspector Magalucci's firm. Feldman Shepard, um, and they have also posted that they're they're going to do the same. Um, I think we ought to step back and, and really have more acknowledgement to say we need more participation in in regard to having other people come back, get involved in, in a civic a civic way. I think we need to have. You know, we talk about the Senate and we talk about this election and we talk about and what I what. What's interesting in coming from the world that I'm in, in the trial world, world, and also obviously being somewhat engaged in Pennsylvania politics, but also in regard to organized labor, because we we talk, we don't have, we're not affiliated specifically with a party. We're bipartisan. We're there to to talk to people that are going to be engaged about civil justice or the ability to to bargain collectively, um, decent wages. Um, certain civil rights. These are the kind of things that we want to have conversation about, a reasonable conversation, listening to everyone's views. But everyone gets in the room so we can talk and communicate. And where we're at right now is very, very disturbing. And it's not only, it's very, very disturbing on the state level, it's very, very disturbing, obviously, on the national level. But we need to somehow have, it, have the ability to, to communicate and talk about issues and come up with solutions. Um, whether it's infrastructure, whether it's healthcare, whatever it may be, we really need to have these kind of conversations, whether it's some of our enemies internationally. Whatever the conversation is, we need to communicate in a bipartisan fashion, not, not that I'm never going to talk to you. The Speaker of the House is not talking to the President of the United States. That's very, very troubling. Um, you know, I was with uh, a Republican congressman who was retired and very, 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 very skilled and accomplished uh, public servant. 
And we were talking about him being maybe part of Biden wins, maybe being part of the Biden cabinet. The fact that years ago we would have, if you were a Democratic president or if you were a Republican president, you invited onto your cabinet. I think Biden has been talking about this and hopefully Trump, you know, talks about it. But we want to have the ability to say, you know, Congressman, Republican congressman, I know that I'm a D, but you do a really great job on transportation, or you do a really good job on defense, or you do a really good, great job on, on foreign relations. I need you to be part of my cabinet. I want you to be part of the cabinet so that we have bipartisan communication. We're not, you know, some things we're not going to agree on, but let's talk about compromising so we get things done. I happen to grow up in a, in a household where my mother was from South Philly, an Italian from South Philly, most of South Philly Italians at that time were Republicans, but a moderate Rockefeller type Republican. My father was a union guy and was a socialist and a hardcore D. FDR was who we prayed to. Um, and having that balance of that conversation, at least for me personally, and even the, the people that had dinner at our dinner table, was very, very important. Because we all knew at the end of the day it was about America. It was about each and every one of us, not just one party. And we have to have that kind of level of public service. And we have to have public servants that are going there to do, to really make a difference in people's lives. And look, I don't need to blow smoke at, anybody's, at anybody. But the fact that we have some of the union leaders that, that steer their ship for their members and their families, that kind of level of responsibility, that kind of level of duty to what you signed up to do on behalf of your members, your constituents or whatever, that kind of leadership is so needed right now. Sam and Pond we have a problem with leadership. Sam Pond, founding partner of Pond Lahaki with uh, Giordano with us. John Doherty, um, Philadelphia Building Trades, business manager for the Building Trades, joining us. Uh, hour number two of our election special. Doc, I want to come to you uh, off of uh, Sam's conversation uh, and give you a chance uh, to weigh in. There is so much, my friend, on the line uh, for labor. Uh, there's a crossroads between workers' rights and injured workers' rights. There is so much on the line uh, in 72 hours. Yeah, you know, you hear Sam speak about that. Sam speaks about that all the time. You know, his partners, Jerry and Tom, they're great lawyers, but they're also activists. And they're activists on behalf of, again, all the people in their field. And they were very, very successful and are. But being politically active is not a positive, okay, for his business. So I really appreciate it. I think, like he talked about it, the little edge he has. I, I chalked that up to growing up on a corner in one of the river wards. He grew up in the city. Okay? So, you know, when we have people like that, it's easy to do a lot of the things that we do. When we have partners, like I said, Sam has been able to fill a void for unions when we had to do elections because he was able to supply finances and contribute to candidates as well as articulate his issues. So it's always good to follow up and be anywhere where he's at. You have election day is, again, we do it all the time, and we do it safely, and we do it responsibly. You know, in the primary, you know, even our, we used to pile a 1,000 people in at 7, and another 1,000 at 9.30, and another 1,000 at 11, and another, we can't do that with the COVID. So what we've done is we've acted very responsibly. 
We have an outfit med tech that's going to be at all the locations. They're going to take the temperatures. We have all the, you know, the proper uh, items that you need, the safety issues. We have hand sanitizers. We're keeping distance. Even the way we're feeding people and clothing people, you know, is definitely responsible. It's going to be separated. It's going to be come in. Everything's going to be transient. And we're, we're just going to say, okay, here's what we have to get done. Let's go get it done. If you got an iPhone in your pocket, use it all day. You can not only be dragging people out, but you've been calling people on your way to the polls. And we always have little knickknacks and little cutouts and things. For example, I'm always proud of my, my, my gang at Local 98 because we have, we always come up with something cute. We have a hoodie sweatshirt that's called Riding with Ida. It's got them on the top of a Harley riding at you, aviators with a little VT emblem on the left. It is so hot that his staff wanted them today. The governor wanted them today. Everybody took them from the Northeast. But it's like little novelties like that that gets people attention. Tonight, for the last four weeks, we've been filling Halloween bags up, okay, in bags with the name of the people running for office. And we just give them away. We give them the people to give out at their houses. We give them the boys clubs and churches and places that they give out. You know, and and I just grabbed them, and, and because we have a long list of some really good candidates, so you know, Nina Mott is a, is a tremendous person, the first person of color to ever win a, an election statewide. Okay, you got Josh Shapiro, who's all over TV on these issues. You have got Joe Torricello, who's a great guy. And by the way, when you are concerned about your money, I don't know if there's ever been a better elected official at treating your money as if it was his. Okay, and then you hear the Brendan Boyles of the world. You know, I mean, he's just a good guy. He's everywhere. It's funny, I had a couple people on their way to Washington, D.C. yesterday, you know, two in-house lawyers at Local 98, and they, they walk on the train, and who's holding court but Brendan Boyle? He just does not stop. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that we want to vote for. You know, it's just not the top of the ticket. You know, of course, that's, the you know, the bread and butter, and... Uh, but I believe that the people, the numbers, and everything that are going on, again, like I said earlier, is trending in the right direction. And we have to make sure that we continue. We have to make sure that it's there. And I've never been prouder. It's you know, it's been it's been basically you know, I'm old enough now that I can say it's a majority of my life. It's a life's work to make us play inside. Now I never thought that I was a politician, but at local 98 once before we got in a little inner. Uh, construction industry uh, uh, issue with politics. And there was a vote over partitions. And we lost the vote to the carpenter, 16 to nothing. And it was about the receptacles and partitions. And here I am, a young guy coming up the, the, the line, and I'm saying to myself, okay, how the hell can you lose a vote over receptacles to the carpenter and city council? And then I realized that they had a much bigger operation, a much, you know, they had a team of people that understood what they knew what they were doing, and the people in council had relationships with them. So, you know, it's always been a goal of mine to make sure that, one, we had enough money to play with the rich people. You know, I've, I've been well documented. I am not surprised by, okay, what is going on. I'm shocked that we still have people getting killed on the street, okay, in in disputes between police and neighborhood. I'm shocked. I just can't believe we're still there. It's blowing me away. Okay? But I have been on the radio. I have been on TV telling people that, hey, listen, this wealth differential, okay, these climate issues, it was going to blow up eventually. 
you know, it just happened, you know, that we had a long wick in this president and it kind of lit these last couple of years. So I, I think that you're right. You're, you're entering into a time that will be, you know, a new, a new world, you know, a new America, a new Pennsylvania, a new Philadelphia. And uh, I'm, I'm just proud to say that our people are part of everything that's good about winning these elections on Tuesday. And, and, and well said, John. And, and I, I know, Sam, you, I know you have to take off, but if you, if you have any parting words, um, you know, please, please let the listeners hear it. 60 seconds to the break, boys. Well, you know, look, I think John said, you know, we're, we're focused on the national race, but in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, these races are very, very important. And people have to educate themselves. And we always talk about the, the responsibility of the, the, the citizen to educate yourself about the candidates and where they stand on issues that affect you. Um, and you have to educate and, and participate. But you clearly can't complain about anything if you're not going to get out and vote and if you're not going to participate. And clearly with John's leadership, uh, just doing some of the, the, the nuanced things that he talked about on Election Day, uh, is, is creative, uh, is cutting edge, is not been done. Um, and we all ought to thank our city and region for John Dock and what he's done uh, for our city and region. Uh, he's a gem. Here, here. Absolutely. Sam Pond, founding partner. Pond, Lahaki, Giordano, joining us uh, on a Saturday night for our uh, election special, along with John Doherty, business manager, Philadelphia Building Trades. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll continue up uh, with John on the other side. Sam, appreciate you coming on, my friend. Thank you much. Thank, thanks for having me. Thank you, Sam. We'll get to a commercial break and continue on the other side back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here on the Labor Show, a special two-hour edition, our election special here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll finish it up uh, with John Doherty for the remaining 30 minutes, Jay Doc. I do want to cover uh, grounds at least on this. Room for one shout-out on the two-hour uh, show tonight, uh, Michael Cogbill. Um, I hope I have the pronunciation of his last name correct, Cogbill, uh, who was the organizing coordinator or is the organizing coordinator uh, of all the unions, um, including the building trades, including the gatherings that have been happening on Saturday mornings uh, with Wayne Miller up at the Sprinkler Fitters. Um, A big shout out to him. Uh, Without him, uh, the labor to labor, door to door um, doesn't exist. And we've talked about a lot on this show and we've covered uh, a lot. And uh, Pat Eiding sent me a text to make sure that we gave a shout out to Michael. Uh, well deserved uh, to be able to put that out there. And, and I want to shout out John Kane, who's our candidate Beautiful. In, in Delaware County State Senator. Uh, big push for John. Great man. Going to do a great job representing uh, his constituents out there. He gets the opportunity. So keep keep John Kane at the top of your at the top of your list. We're continuing our conversation with John Doherty. And John, we know that the, the local 98 members mobilized today um, in each of the five greater Philadelphia counties. I know that's something you're really proud of, that the members are really active in the process. Yeah, we, we have a really good team of people. You know, Marita Crawford is our political director. 
you know, she, she was one of the first female political directors, and it was a time before, you know, we had a tremendous uh, win of women in Congress, and we were actually, there's a, uh, there was a couple of entities that were started early on to get more women active, and uh, there were engagement-type things, and we were, we were able to fund them. So we had early, early, early uh, activities, which would have uh, put a lot of people in positions where they can get people out to vote now, which we're really proud of. We have a great group of people on staff. You know, some of the business agents have been able to, you know, work the jobs and work the people. And then we have people like, you know, to just come in and, and a kid by the name of Brian Ennis works closely with Michael Cogbill, who's done a fabulous job, and also Wayne Miller. You know, so, so we've been pretty lucky at Local 98, and uh, our president, Brian Bowers, you'll never hear his name. You know, he just is always there. He's in the hall every Saturday just making sure that anybody that has a problem anywhere, you know, there's somebody there that can, it might be finding a location, it might be picking somebody up, it might be, you never know. You know, it goes from young kids, young apprentices to retirees. We had people all over the place today. And, I, like, again, it's, it's become pretty much a signature you know, to Local 98, but it's the, the whole labor movement was there. The Philadelphia, CIO, the Philadelphia Building Trades, everybody was out and about. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Michael, who's done a fabulous job in John Cain's candidacy. You know, John will win, you know, if people just get out and vote. John's going to be a great candidate there. It's funny, I, I've watched John, and, you know, when you're in our world, we wrestle over things all the time. But I've watched John over the last couple of years really sit back and do the right thing for everybody. You know, he's became, he's become somebody that we can go to, you know, in a political world. And like I started the, the evening off saying, why not John King? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and John, do you think that there's, um, that there's going to be uh, Biden's coattails are, are going to, um, you know, they're going to reach locally? Yeah, I, I think there's one or two races. That's about it. You know, you get people split on the two the two obvious races where you, where you see it. You see Congressman Fitzpatrick, you know, has a lot of union support. You know, he's been there on a lot of issues, especially when, you know, the world down there hasn't always been favorable to unions. He's been in office that you can go on the Republican side. You know, you have Martina White, who has some, you know, strong relationships. But I don't see too many other things that are going to come into play. So I think that, you know, they're going to be, it's going to be a, a Democratic uh, sweep. I think you're going to have... Democrats everywhere, you know, being carried in office. The question will be how many, you know, and, and where do the numbers end up at? You know, it's, 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 and it's also, and if you don't mind, I'm going to say something a little different right here. You know, I haven't talked to, you know, Lisa Dealey in a while. I talked to Lisa yesterday, and I talked to Omar whenever I see him, Omar Sabir. And I'm also friends of Al Schmidt. All three of these guys have tremendous amount of responsibility. You know, right now, I was talking to Lisa last night because the whole world's calling her. Let Lisa do her job. Nobody needs to know what's happening. You know, they have a job to do. And you know when, if you take a look at some of these maps, I don't believe it's going to wind up, you know, going to Pennsylvania. I think it could be over earlier. But if it does go to Pennsylvania, the difference is going to be Philadelphia as usual. The plurality we come here. You know, it could be contested. You know, our city commissioners could wind up in a congressional hearing, you know, so just let them do their job. Stay away. And that's even for some of our elected officials. We have elected officials going. It's just out of their mind to even think about doing that. You've got a couple of days to go. That is an unbelievable amount of pressure. Okay. And they're just three working 
class Philadelphians that are trying to do a really good job. And the whole country's watching. John, let me ask you um, uh, to comment, if you will. You know, we've talked a lot on uh, over the last 90 minutes about what this election means and 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 what some of the what some of the ramifications are uh, of Tuesday when we had you on the show I don't know 3 weeks ago a few or 4 weeks ago whenever it was you had referenced a conversation and talked about the Navy Yard uh, and the importance of the Navy Yard and the progress that you were were making or trying to make uh, with the Navy Yard does that change based on what happens on Tuesday? Well, absolutely. But as you can tell, you didn't hear me get out here and, and be personal at all. Okay, you know, I, I've dealt with, as we discussed in the past, a gentleman by Peter Navarro. He's one of the most efficient people I've ever dealt with in government. He's one of the few people in government that has been able to walk from one department to another. Now, and also, you know, if you think about a subway into the Navy Yard, it was Senator Toomey who helped through the banking committee, okay, get that done at the time. Now, a lot of have to do with who's in control. A lot of have to do with what priorities. We'll have to take a serious look at the committees, and nothing will get done right away if there's a change of administration. We all know that. You know, everybody puts out their first 100 days, and, you know, at day number 80, you know, the, the, the simple things that everybody's done are, are done the first 10 days, and, you know, and, and they're at the end trying to, scamper to get things done. So, yes, it will have an effect. And But, again, the bigger effect is COVID. The bigger effect is safety on the streets. The bigger effect is, you know, we'll, we'll do our job. I have never been prouder, okay, of the people who work alongside me, the people I work with at all the unions. Since the last time we talked, okay, I really haven't had one job shut down for anything other than a cleansing Okay, because of COVID. You know, we've got tons of cranes in the city. Okay, the, the, the work that we did was adopted nationally by everyone, not just some, by everyone. Right. Okay, the work that we did, okay, on the opioid issues, it, when I close the door at Local 98, I believe it'll probably be the greatest accomplishment I ever had. I lost tons of family members. I not only haven't lost anyone, Okay, I don't even have, okay, any ODs or any of the things that are so common everywhere because of all the initiatives, all the lawsuits, you know, and it's, and listen, and what we do is uncomfortable. You know, you know, my wife takes a lot of medicine in, in a recovery, you know, and anything that's narcotics because of the limitations we put on has me running back and forth to Rite Aid a couple of times a week because we only allow so much narcotics at any one good prescription. I've never been happier with the results and, and and what we've done to protect our employees, our members. And you and know we had point. your your guy, Chris Scheiblein, on the show. Um, how impressive was he? I mean, you know, I you know, he was just an incredible guy and a leader and somebody that talks the talk and obviously walks the walk yeah, and you know, I'm not I got, surprised. I have, Joe, I got people around me. I got this guy woman Christine Bott. She's young. Her dad was Jimmy Williams. Okay, she's doing the finance up at the Union Hall. Okay, she was a partner at Novaca Franchella, one of the more prominent accounting firms. I got Jack O'Neill, a kid around from DA, who's been a godsend. I got Tara Chupka, who understands the union movement as well as anybody I know. 
I got all these young kids. I mentioned Brian Ennis. He understands politics. I got Chris Scheibaum, and I got a, a kid by the name of Mark Lynch. Okay, he has been at the forefront of every safety initiative and all the partnerships. And we're going to be updating because of some of this instantaneous testing now. You know, some of the owners and some of the insurance companies haven't really adopted it yet, but it's going to change the way we, we do work. And we're, myself, in partnership with the GBCA, which is the General Builder Contractor Association, and a good group of people, we're going to be putting out some new guidelines. We, we haven't stopped. We continue to upgrade the guidelines. We continue to make sure that our kids aren't, you know, having major issues with drugs and alcohol. And I have to let you know, I spent an awful lot of time with that aforementioned Chris Scheibaum in the last two weeks because I wanted to know the effect that COVID was having on our families and exactly what I expected was happening. We have way more wives, okay, and way more significant others and way more girlfriends having major issues and using medicine and, you know, going to doctors with the homeschooling. It's just so oh, yeah. different. It is. Okay? But, but I want you to know, that's what the labor movement does. Okay, this yeah. thing, you stop down the hall and you pick up a job ticket. This is a way of life. And you, you know, you hear Pat Eiding, and he'll talk about not only those with a, a, a collective bargaining agreement, but those who, you know, without one that aren't fortunate enough and labor helps those uh, you know and sometimes where, where we don't even have a stick in the game john before we 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 um we gotta we don't have a lot of time left got six minutes and then i'm going to take a short okay. one minute and then i'm going to come back on the other right. side so, just so you understand so, okay. the timing so so john i i want to segue into something um a couple of weeks ago in, in the news there was a a little incident that we saw um you know and and uh you know it you know, made the the the, the cover the the newspaper, and if you would, I'd like you to elaborate there because there are some who say it had to do with some of the things that were said on the show the last time. Um, and if you would, would you address that? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, the two things I just ended with earlier mm-hmm. for the last three or four or five weeks since you know we had our we had our conversation on your show. Mm-hmm. You know, I worried about making sure the industry was safe. We had work, okay, for the future, that our kids were not just opioid freed, but their family members, you know, weren't feeling the heat so bad. Uh, and on and on about our members, our people, you know, and then obviously someone did not like what I said or. You know, because there was no rhyme or reason for what occurred, okay? It was another massive visit. You know, I personally, and I, I, I and again, what I think people really appreciate is that, you know how you say you, you take your beating? Well, I take a 20-year beating in the paper and, you know, through the courts and through government, you know, and I've never really said anything. I said a couple things the other day, and people were saying, oh, my God, you can't say that. Now, we're talking about politics, okay? Anybody that doesn't think the U.S. Attorney's Office is not political, okay, doesn't understand. You know, the acting U.S. Attorney, okay, there's no doubt in my mind he's running for political office. Win, lose, or draw if it's Trump. There's no reason he put, he's got 100 billboards up, he's very active, he's on TV all the time. There's no doubt in my mind, okay, that he's running for office. 
In the case, almost all of them want to be judges. One of the U.S. attorneys on our case has been, a ju- has been made a judge in the last few months. Another one is in the process. Now, I mentioned about some of the things that I said I was going to start speaking about. Because, look, I only mentioned the one wrapping my house in crime tape and ticker tapes on national news saying, hey, do you know anything about John Doherty? And as recently as Monday, the government visited somebody and they said, we have a lot of issues on you. And it's a very prominent person. And it could lead to some issues. And how do you think they ended the conversation, guys? Like, well, if you have something that leads up to something criminal with John, that's the easiest way to stop that. God's honest truth. And it was confirmed by, this, by between lawyers that that occurred. That's just not right. That's political. That's somebody trying to do something to gain some political windfall. John, you, know, you, you, you represent a feather in the cap? You, th- you think you just, represent yeah, course, a major feather in the cap? Mm-hmm. Of course. Let me just give you this. And here's, I told about politics. And here's where they have to be a little uh, down there. They have to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, I'm trying to word this properly. And then we'll talk about what's important. We'll talk about Tuesday's election. But uh, I mentioned that I've had some major, you know, issues with Comcast and other big corporations. And I talked about all the things that Comcast is capable of doing. And there are 200,000, I mean, there are 200 lobbyists and lawyers. And there are, you know, billion-dollar takeovers. And how they screamed because I leaned on Bobby Heenan who was the head of public property, not because he was Bobby Heenan, an electrician, because he was the head of public property where their issues go through. Okay, so they screamed loud. And then I told you the acting U.S. attorney forgot to tell us, okay, that his wife worked at Comcast as an executive vice president and the lead, okay, the lead uh, lawyer in-house. But what also they forgot to tell you, that a couple of these guys who want to be judges okay, are dealing with people about becoming judges while they're dealing with criminal issues about some of the people they're conversing with. And then they turn around, okay, and act like they're holier than now. That is more criminal than anything I've been accused of. Okay? My goal has been to stand up and make sure that on Tuesday that everybody in our world has whatever they need to do to get the job done. As you heard tonight, if it's money, we got money. If it's a van, we got a van. If it's food, we got food. (laughs) If it's information, we got information. Okay? And I'm not going to be pressured, and I'm not going to be... Look, I have two things left in life. You know, of course, one is to take care of home, and two, to finish my career out. And I'm going to fight every single day to do it. And I'll start a little bit more aggressively Wednesday. But Tuesday's the most important date, okay, that anybody who's listening to this call has to worry about. You know, the rest of the stuff will take, you know, the good Lord and, and, and a fair jury will take care of my, my the issues. Lab, the Labor Show with, uh, with Jay Doc and Krause, John Doherty, finishing it up. We're going to take a 60-second break. Uh, come back on the other side. Uh, it is Dallas week. I want to ask Philly's biggest fan about uh, Eagles Cowboys, uh, and then I want to put an exclamation point. Uh, or before we get to that, I want to put an exclamation point again on what John just finished up with. Talk about Tuesday. Uh, talk about Voter Express. We'll do all of that back in sixty. 
Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. Special edition of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we take you right into Penn State football here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. One last time on the Voter Express. Uh, it begins tomorrow, November 1st, uh, at 10 a.m. Seven trolleys uh, will roll, J. Doc, and they'll begin tomorrow and they'll roll right through uh, the election. And as Doc said, going into the break, you, want, you need food, we have food. You need money, we have money. You need information, we have information. You also have transportation. Seven trolleys, as Frank Keel mentioned, uh, way back when our show began, back in the 5 o'clock hour. That all gets underway tomorrow. Absolutely. And, and again, and a shout-out to uh, 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 John Kane, uh, who's running for state senate. I'm plugging him, and just like we all are, because we, he, he, we know he's going to do such a great job. John, one more thing before we uh, move off the last point. Any of them federal agents mention the lives that you saved over uh, the last six to seven months with your with your uh, the way you addressed COVID-19. I think we all know that the president of the United States is on the hot seat because of the way he handled COVID. Okay. Uh, the Philadelphia building trades led by you and every business manager has been on this program for the last six months, but definitely the last two months has credited you with putting, putting together the protocols that saved so many lives. And now OSHA has, has literally uses our protocols. Just wondering, and now you talk about the opioid epidemic. Did anybody mention that when they stopped by the hall a couple of weeks ago? Nah, look, I'm not even going to talk about that. that. That was a made-for-theater event. You know, there wasn't anything that came out of that that they didn't already have. I'm not, I'm, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really concerned. It's, it's, I'm very concerned about Tuesday. I'm very concerned about, you know, making sure that people understand what is happening in this world. And, and, we, and, our, and primarily our people. But our people, we've asked them over the years, in fact, over decades now, to become active in their community. You know, they all, they all coach Little League. They all take up collections in their churches and synagogues and temples. They're all community activists. They all run their civic associations. So people respect what they say. So I just try to give them a fair wage and, 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 and a fair set of benefits so that they can go do other things. And if we can influence some of their opinion, you know, that's a good day. And, and look, I want to, I'll take a second and tell you guys, too. I mean, you know, talk about how talented the people in the industry are. You know, and I've been lucky, man. I've grown up in an industry. When I started out, I had a tremendous amount of talent of people. You know, Mr. Staden, and you heard me say the Jimmy Williamses and Marty Madalonis and Tom Kelly's and all them guys. But also, the group of young, talented people we have today, you heard them. You know, we're so, so talented. They're going to do great things. But you know, one of the biggest voids in this town is having somebody who speaks or at least speaks regularly and honestly for what working people do. And I just wish you two had a much bigger platform. And I think that's something we should go to work on in, you know, Wednesday also. You two should be someplace a little bit bigger, just talking about the issues, talking about the tax issues that affect us, talking about the infrastructure issues, talking about how we get a subway into a Navy yard or, or, or a heavy uh, line in the Kinger project. There's so many things that we can articulate and get done better than most people. And if, believe it or not, a lot of the people who take credit for this, look, I, I mentioned Senate. You'll have 25 guys, 25 people running for Senate. You'll have 23 of them will be 
elected officials, you know, presently hold in office. One or two will be people who lost a job because of government changeovers. Okay? I'm not sure they know. I'm really not sure they know. I don't know the last time they've been on a construction site. I don't know the last time they were in a manhole, you know, or watching broadband or fiber being tipped. I don't know. I don't know the last time where they actually weren't, weren't playing with monopoly money, playing with their next-door neighbor's dollars and cents. Okay? That's why it was always good in Tom Wolf. And I'm a big Tom Wolf guy, and everybody knows that. You know, because he treats people fair, and he's a businessman, and he listens. And he, he almost makes you feel like, that, you know, he's right next door to you, and he's one of them guys. You know, John so, Doherty, you know, I just hope, yeah, I just hope that's the, the future. John Doherty finishing it up for us uh, here on a I'll put uh, it Saturday on a platter, night. man. Uh, no doubt about that. Doc, uh, before we say goodbye uh, to you, um, I do have to ask you about uh, – it's, it's Dallas week. I got to ask Philly's biggest fan, and you are Philly's biggest fan. I got to ask you about the game tomorrow night at the link. Listen, you and I are both Carson Wentz fans. We know yes, that. Yes, we are. Listen, I know. I think Wentz has it that people fall in love with him again. I think he throws for three or four touchdowns. I think we've blown him out. How about this? I'm going to go crazy. I believe Penn State wins the night, wins the game outright. I am about to get – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Uh, I want to send a big shout-out. My, my best buddy, you know, Nico Rodriguez just got married. He's always with me. Congratulations, Nico and Fran. But I'm here with Celia. Well, I'm going to make myself two big peanut butter and jelly or white <laughs> toast sandwiches with white milk and sit down and watch Penn State beat Ohio State. Awesome. Ah, I love it. Great stuff uh, from John Doherty finishing up our uh, special edition, J-Doc, uh, of the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Doc, uh, be well, my good friend. Anything you need, uh, the answer is yes. What's the question? Uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. Thank you, Doc. Okay. Thanks for everything you do, man. I love you guys. See you later. Bye-bye. You got uh, it. Good stuff, J-Doc. Wow, great two hours tonight, J-Doc. I did want to uh, – we have about uh, 45 seconds, and – I did want to again reference uh, that shout out uh, to uh, Michael Cogbill. Uh, for the work that he did, uh, no doubt about that. And again, you can hit John Kane if you want. I love it. Oh no, I mean everybody out there. You, you know, John Kane is a man of labor and a man of the people, a, a person who cares about people, cares about women, cares about uh, workers. Uh, and I want to thank all of our guests today: Lisa Dealey, Frank Keel, our, our Pat Iding, our great leader from the AFL-CIO, Wendell Young, Ed Mooney. Wayne Miller, and, of course, Sam Pond, and, of course, John Doherty. Uh, an all-star show tonight. And that's going to do it for this special edition of The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Also, special thanks to Glenn and Phil for keeping it all together. That's going to do it. Until next week, I'm Joe Krause. Get out and vote, everyone. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.